I would love to see more artists become nurses, partly because I think nursing, I think artists are the best self-reflectors, as silly as that sounds. I think something about art education, one of its core actions is teaching self-reflection. And I think in nursing, we have been very oriented to data and to scientifically evidence-based practices. And that's the core of our practice. It's not subjective. And um, it's, it's, about it's about like evidence-based patterns. But I do think that self-reflection, more self-reflection in a nursing practice is needed. And so I'm kind of always thinking that hospitals could use more artists just kind of hanging around in there doing good problem solving and um, producing a kind of self-reflective practice in nursing. Hello and welcome to the podcast that focuses on artists balancing a full-time job and an art career. I'm Ariana Roche, and this is Not a Hobby. This episode is about Kathy Fairbanks, an artist who truly sees herself as having a dual career as a nurse. I do think that I grew up with a really realistic relationship to having a, a kind of personal economy that could support me. So um, in college, you know, I studied biology <clears throat> and I just got a full-time job. I think right away when I graduated, I worked for the Red Cross. I worked for the Forest Service. I did various things and I just kind of kept plugging away at um, art making until it kind of evolved into sculpture, into something that I could recognize it, um, that I wanted to really continue to do. I look a lot at ideas of empathy. Those are the ideas that I think had kind of continued to capture me. I was born in upstate New York, um, in Binghamton, actually, really like unsexy, unexotic part of New York. She then moved to a tiny town in the agricultural flatlands of Nebraska. When she was 23, she made her move to the West Coast and now is living and working in Los Angeles. She credits the enthusiasm of a progressive Nebraskan high school art teacher to actually consider a career in the arts. Maybe five years ago, I got to go back to my hometown and put on a, a show at the little college in my town and give an artist talk, and I got to thank her. And I was trying to figure out what it was that, was, that she did. And something that I thought about later was I realized she took us really seriously and then kind of at the same time, gave us a lot of freedom to, to be a little devious, to be, um, to have fun. But her sense of us was that we were already serious artists, which kind of goes contrary to the idea that so many people have about art students, that they're not really artists yet. And no student is really the thing yet. They're just in the preparation of the thing. And I think somehow being taken seriously was really um, a powerful, I had a powerful response to that. Like, I want that, whatever that is, that world where you can take people seriously in that way, I want to be involved in, in that world. In general, I try to do a residency almost every year. I love my studio and have a really good studio in LA. Um, and I've been in that studio for about six years, but I, I love to travel and, um, 
And I, I also really love the sense of going away from the responsibilities that I have at home and just, and making like all making an entirely new kind of work. The other thing is, you know, I think after school, you're getting in deeper, or for me, after my MFA, I've, I've gotten to deeper relationships with many, you know, artist friends who are here, who I live near, or who I went to school with over time. But um, I like the sense of being, you know, the kind of feeling at a residency of like being like in a YMCA lock-in where you're kind of all together and you're together for two months. And some people really hate that sense, but I love that. I love to be up until late at night talking about work and um, being without having any other responsibilities. I, I, I love think situations where you're kind of in the bubble. I'm really that. Yeah. yeah. So, but you do, along with your responsibilities at home, you also have a job. Um, I do, um, which is how I got on your show, right? Yes. <laughs> you have a... A full-time job, right? I do, yeah. I work full-time as a nurse. This is um, the 12th year that I've been a nurse also. And, yep, I'm a critical care nurse at UCLA. And I worked for a long time in the um, medical intensive care unit there, the medical ICU. And now I work in a, <clears throat> a new department that's um, informatics-driven and um, – we run a program in my office that uses a kind of predictive modeling tool, like an algorithm that puts vital signs and what's called a GCS score, like a level of consciousness score, into a, um, an equation and then gives me a risk score of how likely someone might be to be deteriorating. And then when they meet a kind of minimum score, a risk score, I go and assess them and meet with a bedside nurse. And, um, if, if it looks like they need further intervention, um, we, you know, we try, we can contact the respiratory therapist. We call the doctor. It's a very like collaborative process. Um, and it's like, I'm an, I, I'm an ICU nurse. That's not in the ICU anymore. So I'm kind of running around the non ICUs looking for an ICU level problem and trying to make sure that we have the right resources dedicated to the patient. Wow. So it's really fun. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of a bubble too. It's kind of like a residency in that way. It's like the rest of the outside world doesn't really exist in a big medical center. You're, you know, they can bring a subway in or a Starbucks or whatever on the first floor, but really it's its own machine. The hospital is a big machine, and hopefully it's a humanity machine, but um, but it's certainly got lots of moving parts and its um, products and all of these different, all you know, it's a very complicated system. And so that is also kind of a bubble that I'm inside when I go there. Um, and until really recently, I've been in a union, and I really felt like, I was a union worker. I would go to the shop and work as hard as I could then, you know, have my weekend or whatever and, and, you know, um, work in the studio four days a week and work at the hospital three days a week. I just kind of have had that routine for many years. Um, and I'm just, I just left the union with this new position and, 
um, it's a slightly different relationship in the hospital, but the feeling of the hospital as a kind of bubble is still there. I still have that sense. So when you say worked for three days um, and then had four days for the studio time, does that mean you worked nonstop for those three days? No, uh-uh. I mean, I work the three days in the hospital. Are, they're 12 hour days. They're long days. But, um, you know, you as you go along, you figure out ways to get out of one day a week or whatever. I mean, I've always at least found a way to get out of a shift here and there and mm-hmm. short week or take a week of education or whatever. I and and I've also been incredibly lucky that my hospital, both hospitals I've worked at have um given me leave of absences when I wanted to go away to do a residency. Even 4 months I I was in Iceland in 2014 at a residency and I mean I was like I'm going to take off a third of the year to make sculpture and they um they granted it. And I think teaching institutions just have a lot of extra kind of staff and resources that are just moving a lot of moving parts all the time. And so that has really, I think, allowed me to have both my hands in both situations um, all the time in a constant way. I think it would be different if I was doing a different kind of nursing, Mm. Um, but it's been, I've just found it all the time. There's like a way to take a month off here, a way to take two months off here, a way to only work two days a week for the next five weeks or something. It's just ended up happening like that. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in this uh, algorithm that you're working with now. Yeah, it's so cool. (laughs) Actually, it's funny because I've never been very like oriented to cutting edge technology. I mean, that's an understatement. And in fact, I've always thought of nursing as really a a very Luddite practice. And I've loved that, that it was like the core of my time would be bathing people and helping them, um, you know, learn to eat again and um, watching them breathe and making sure they could breathe. Really, really the most basic core, like kind of physical activities. But, you know, the modeling tool, we've tested a couple of them um, in our department and we're trying to figure out which ones work the best because of course part of it isn't part of it is what numbers do you put in to get the right prediction because you have to match the system of the hospital and the systems in which it tests people when do labs get drawn when are EKGs done when are neuro assessments done and then when is the data actually put in So you have to run a program that matches the already existing set of human patterns and structures that are present in the hospital in order for the right pattern to work, in order for the right tool to work. It's exciting. I, every day when I go in there, um, I'm, it's not me catching it. The program catches something and I go and see the person and lo and behold, it's true. Um, that, wow, that person needs extra help. And when the more research we do, it's like within a matter of 10 minutes at the bedside, the group of us um, that kind of meet there, once we see the person needs help, you know, we call the doctor, we call the respiratory therapist. It's really incredible, like um, what gets revealed through that program. So it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a stunning revelation for me too to use the computer in this way. I never bring a single minute of work home. And that's been a big part, I think, also that's um, 
that's kept that relationship between like between nursing and art very clear. Like if I have to be on the computer at home, I'm like applying for things and I'm sending emails or I'm trying to correspond with people or I'm looking up um, artist work who I don't get to see in person. And so I don't have any computer time with the hospital at home, which is um, fantastic. It's really a clear boundary. The minute I leave the hospital, I take my badge off and I, and I really can walk away from it. I think people like you who have jobs in these other fields, you end up having such a more enriched experience. Um, and whether consciously or unconsciously, it, it, it does end up in your work somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think life and death is not a bad place to start. No. I mean, <laughs> you're pretty much right in it. And, and so I, um, I know a few doctors who are poets and, um, it's interesting uh, when I talked to them, one of them was when I was lived in San Francisco, there was a doctor that was a poet and he said, he said he thought he might've been, he might've been a visual artist, but he just, but he couldn't take his studio with him and he could, but he could take his notebook with him everywhere. So, you know, sometimes I think people think that in the hospital, because of the life and death situation, they think nothing else will compare to it. So how, like, so, oh, I'm going to go to my studio and I'm going to make these paper mache busts and that's going to compare to giving someone chemo. But actually, <laughs> art is just super crucial, I think. Like totally, completely crucial. And it does really it does really hold water and hold up against that. And I also think, art, you know, thinking, thinking is a huge thing too. I, I just think spending time being in a, you know, I think lots of art, most of the artists I knew, they, they spend a lot of time just thinking and considering things. And I think that's, um, that is a, um, resistant and productive force also to, to be paying attention. Yeah. So that's part of problem solving, I think. And that's part of self-reflection. Like it's all in there. There's a big relationship to, to being, to thinking about things. So. Yeah. Well, here, here's to thinking about things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Not a Hobby with Kathy Fairbanks. You can find out more about her work on her website, which is listed in the description of this episode as well as in the post on Glass Tire. We have another artist in the healthcare field coming up next. Soledad Arias lives in New York and is a translator for the doctor-patient communication.